Welcome back to Tales from the Pit. I'm your host, Michael Swain. This, of course, is the lither, sleeker, revamped version of Tales from the Pit, with shorter introductory sequences and longer conversations so that you can fall into an even deeper trough of despair. Today, we'll be talking with Small Beans staple Christian Ramirez about his recent divorce, as well as my not-so-recent divorce. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Yeah, we're pretty out of sync, but that's fine. That's why we do it. (laughs) All right, well. Well, to you, it sounds insane. Uh, Yeah, I can hear the exact amount of lag we have, which is like eh, two and a half seconds. Oh, okay. Hopefully hopefully that gets better over the call. No worries. Or it stays the same, so it's easier to edit. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. We've begun, by the way, because it's a perfect metaphor. Uh... I think it's ideal for our divorce episode that we're just out of sync. And as, as hard as we try, we're not quite on the same page. And the, there's just a lag and a disconnect. Um, but so that people know what's going on, this is Tales from the Pit. Uh, I am your humble pitsman, Michael Swaim. And I'm really, really, really happy to have our guest today this is christian ramirez christian it's been way too long since you've been on small beans yeah you know i was kind of taking a break things were as we're gonna discuss kind of crazy for me the last year so mm-hmm. yeah and... well, so as i like to put it you were harvesting content this last <laughs> year and now you're it was all for this episode yep i'm ready things to go Christian does for you people yeah um well, I'm just going to hit you with it, man. So what? tell us about that break. Where have you been? What was going on that absorbed so much of your attention? And what's the state of play right now? All right. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I will get to this has been going on. Obviously, the issues that uh, resulted in me and my now ex separating and filing for divorce. Mm-hmm. Um there there have been problems that have been going on for a long time of course we've also both had baggage from when we were kids um that we brought with us into our relationship because we started dating when i was 18 when we were both 18 mm-hmm. so and then we dated for a couple years and got married when i was 21 she was 20 so We've been in a relationship for 15 years, pretty much. Um, Mm -hmm. It's we've been going through therapy together for the last like two years. Uh, So it was just kind of trying to figure things out. It's we had never found an effective and like a therapist that actually worked well with us until this point. We've tried it before and it just kind of. I guess it it moved us into other issues, but it didn't actually, we weren't getting at the root issues of like, yeah. So that's a really great point because I like, I have a stupid amount of therapy, mm -hmm. which is a tremendous luxury that I am grateful for. And, but I think you bring up something so great, which is that it's just like finding a doctor or a mechanic. Yeah. A, 
you can find a therapist who's decent but just moves you laterally like you just talk about issues yep you can go week after week and just talk about stuff that's true and get insights about your brain and be like that's interesting okay i was really here to avert divorce and we don't seem to be doing that but we are finding out interesting things about my personality <laughs> or whatever and right. then uh and you can get straight up bad therapists of course uh so I'm going to assume this was couples therapy or were you doing individual and couples or what was the setup? Uh, for the last couple of years, it has been individual and couples. Um, like we would both have a session and then depending on kind of what came about in that session, we would either go one of us or come back as a couple. It, it just kind of, it was all just went with the flow of really what we were working out in that particular time. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because so I also was in couples therapy towards the end of my marriage. And then something I look back on with mixed feelings that I think is kind of weird is we continued to go to couples counseling after getting divorced. And yeah. in and I'm wondering, are are you doing that? Like in the name of maintaining our relationship and being. Uh, close and amicable we continued going to therapy yeah. after divorce even though my ex left me for another man who she immediately yeah. married so it was like in retrospect I'm like what am I doing I'm wasting my time here like <laughs> I don't understand why I went to an additional sure. six months of therapy just to be on good terms with this person now that I'm because here's the here's the premise listener I have a divorce that's about eight years old. Christian has mm. a fresh divorce. So I'm just saying, as the guy with the old divorce, I do sometimes now question, uh, what was I trying to accomplish out of that? Um, so yeah. not to say that because everyone's situation is different. Um, in my case, my ex, I've come to believe, as I've, I do believe now, like the dynamic was straight up abusive. So it's not necessarily... Sure good for us to become to be amicable that wasn't even a goal that i right. want i needed to be working toward but um what was like what mm, i want you to be con in control of how much detail you choose to yeah, share of course but yeah like what are the what are the issues where do things stand now are you guys shooting for that hey we'll still be friends or are you like Nah, we're going to we're going to chill out and step out of each other's lives at this point. What's the strategy? So the all right, I'm going to try to answer all of that in as best a way as I can. Um, or some or none. You just take control and say whatever you want. Yeah, no, no. Um, I, I think it's good for everybody, for people to be able to hear other people's well, like the point of this podcast, we can all they yeah. can relate. That's the point. They can relate to our trauma and stuff like that via um, our experiences. So we both carried a lot of stuff, like I said, from childhood um, into our relationship that we hadn't worked out. Uh, my father was neglectful. Um, my birth father, um, and mm -hmm. we've discussed before, just the kind of stuff. Mm -hmm that went on with my parents um her mother had abusive um tendencies and she did um she was manipulative and like gaslighting and stuff like that to my ex and so we both 
carried over some things from our personal traumas that like poisoned our relationship for a long time. Um, we both loved each other a lot. Like it wasn't, that wasn't, that was never in doubt for me um, mm-hmm. that we actually legitimately felt love towards each other. And it's not even now, like even now we are both trying to handle everything in a, as loving and caring a way as we possibly can, because the last two years has been a lot of her, she and I working to to kind of rebuild all the trust that we'd lost for each other. And um, it just turns out that there were scars for me that I couldn't move past. Like there's like as much as I forgave her and do wish the best for her, there were just some things that that like block me from being able to love her in a way that is that is I guess re- ultimately what you want to give and get out of the marriage yeah exactly like. yes yeah. that um, how did did that come to you suddenly was that like a big crystallizing moment how and now I'm asking for selfish reasons because yeah. my current status is I'm in an eight year relationship where the beginning was incredibly rocky and I I, will delve into this a little more, but I don't want to take the focus there just yet. But like, it's the same thing. It's baggage from the previous. So sorry to say this, but in my experience, your experience will be that in your next relationship, it will all get fucked up because of stuff you brought from this marriage Sure. That you didn't need to. Like now, now the challenge will be to not bring these dynamics, these coping skills, and yep. this baggage and put them on whoever comes next. Cause uh my current girlfriend and I are in the process of figuring out like we did do that to each other. Yeah. Then we got over it. We're not doing it to each other anymore. But is was it too traumatic for us to come back from? Right. I am still wary of you because in the beginning you acted like this. And I'm like, I know, but that was about my ex. That wasn't even about you. I'm sorry about that. We went through therapy. We figured it out. And it's like, I know, but you did it. And I look at you and I'm like, you did that thing. And uh, I'll divulge juicy details, but just not yet. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So was that like, did that, so I'm literally asking selfishly, like, did that come <laughs> as actionable information in a huge crystallizing moment in therapy? Did you guys make that decision together? Was that a decision that solidified inside you and then you made it? You know, yeah. how'd that shake out? Okay, so I will say that um, the most traumatic parts of our relationship for me happened in like 2012, 2013. Um, and then... I got to, I was going through a period where I was very emotionally shut down and just feeling very numb. Uh, the right leading up to when we started therapy, I was, that's when I was feeling my most like actually depressed. Um, there Mm. was, and like, I couldn't figure out and it was just a matter of like, okay, well sitting down with myself and really like examining why am I feeling depressed and then that's when we started going to therapy um we worked up to the point where i could say 
that I don't want to be married anymore. Like it was, it was more than a year of just peeling back layers and like accepting the things that were underneath those layers and getting to the point where eventually it was, she was able to tell me, I don't want, I I want you to be happy. And if this is, and if this isn't part of it, as in our marriage, then I want you to feel like you're free to tell me that. And we can either work it out or we can, or we'll end things. And then, so eventually, because it was a back and forth thing with therapy a lot of times. It would go over the things that had hurt me, the things that had hurt her, the roots of the reasons why each of us were hurting each other, and then we'd move on mm. to something else. And it was that kind of a rhythm. And then, so eventually it got to that point, and I'd had to sit with it for like a couple weeks and really just go through it and eventually just tell her, yes, uh, I, I want a divorce. I don't want to be together anymore. And that was hard because like that was around the time when quarantine started and we were still together for like another month, um, after quarantine had started. So, um, yeah, um, that's that's kind of how so, it worked like it was just a, a process yeah. for me it was not a single solidifying moment it was like i said peeling back layers and layers and layers until i finally got to the point where i could say yes this is what i want this is how i feel this is the thing that i think is going to give me the ability to actually be happy at some point so yeah and was she in a position at that point to say like I'm not fully su- or I was aware it was a possibility it would go that way and I want you to be happy so like was or I guess what I'm getting at is in my uh, divorce the roles were reversed and the big yeah. moment where the first person said I want a divorce it was her saying it to me I did not see it coming and I made it as difficult. Like I'm an, I'm a very emotional person and I like broke down sobbing. I remember saying you're killing my children and like, I did not make it easy. And what's crazy is within 72 hours, I was like, you're right. I'm also glad that I'm happy to be separating from you. Um, but my, the moment was so fucking dramatic. I'm yeah. just, it sounds like you had a bit of a better road with it. Is that tr- accurate? Um, yeah, it's accurate in a lot of ways. Cause the, like, like I said, we'd been spending the whole year prior working up to that and trying to be better versions of ourselves to each other. So in some ways it was, did it, did it feel yeah, sorry to interrupt, but I just I did it feel during that year that you were building towards divorce, or did it still feel like it could go either way? And you were, you know what I mean? I, I want to get to the bottom of was yeah. therapy helpful here, and was did the couples counseling seem to have an agenda of keeping you together or breaking you up, or were you just in it? The I will say this for the therapist: she was just there to kind of help us resolve our issues. It wasn't with the goal of one thing or another. She never gave us that. She never put that idea into our heads that this is the goal. No, the goal is to work out your issues so that you can make whatever decisions you're going to make. She can't 
make that decision for us kind of a thing. Um, and for, yeah, um, working up to it, I, I kind of, for me, it was, I was trying to, cause at the beginning of that year that we really started doing therapy, I told her that I was unhappy and that I, that I didn't think I wanted to be together. And I couldn't mm -hmm. promise her that it was going to change things, but I was willing to give as much effort and time into our relationship as I could. Um, and so that's kind of what that whole year was about for me was just, I've, I've had this relationship with this person that I do love. I don't feel romantic love for her anymore. I don't like, she knows now she knows I don't have that feeling for her anymore, but I'm willing mm. to give it a try. I'm willing to see if these feelings can develop again, like see if there's something there for us. And then it was after that year, I, I felt, I felt certain enough that no, there, there isn't yeah. going to be that kind of reconciliation. There's like, this is it. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how that process worked for me. I do feel like that's interesting because a lot of the couples counseling I've gone to seems to be the unspoken agenda is that they're trying to keep you together. Yes. Um, so you might've lucked out in that regard or it's, it's nice cause it should just be, we're processing. We're just processing. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, as I say, I think the challenge now will be to cause basically what, what happened with me and the person I'm currently with is mm. I, they were already someone in my life who I liked a whole lot. So yeah. it was easy to develop feelings for them. And, and if, since they reciprocated, we got together really quickly and literally like the fodder for the beginning of our relationship was the end of the last relationship, yeah. right? Like her comforting me, uh, and me explicating what type of guy I am based on how I navigated a messy divorce were some of the first things she became attracted to was like, Oh, he handled himself with dignity in this situation. That's attractive, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh, she helped me out when I was shattered. You know, of course that's yeah. attractive. Um, and, and now we have the exact relationship issues that you'd think we'd have. We're in couples therapy saying stuff or, you know, me saying stuff like she's just always trying to mother me and fix everything for me. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's, that's the template that was set by yeah. that's was this, that's this relationship. Um, so I'm wondering if you have enough distance yet to crystallize, uh, or even care to discuss, which you're always welcome to say, nah, I don't really want to talk about it yet yeah. or whatever. But, um, what was that pattern with you guys? Do you have that clarity yet? Do you want, cause you say it was basically came down to a crystallizing decision that the past, the weight of the past, yeah. even in its resolution is too much. And I, I need to sort of shake up the etch a sketch and start with a clean slate because this is not, there's too much baggage essentially to work around. Yeah. Um, 
do you have clarity on what the nature of that baggage is and how likely you are to drag it into the next relationship? You're part of it. Yeah. I, I think I have a lot of clarity on that. Um, you like, since the time that you've known me, you kind of can recognize my ability to compartmentalize and like, um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and just kind of me too, by the way. Yeah. People uh, hate it. Yeah. <laughs> or like you got, you must share this experience where, something really bad happens and you're like oh my god that's awful okay i'm gonna have a cheese sandwich i think and people are like how can you be so heartless and you're like right. well that guy's in the hospital there's nothing to be done about it yeah. so i'm gonna save my emotion for when it resolves yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, i very much kind of do the same thing so we we figured mm-hmm. that out pretty early on into therapy that there was a a really bad mix of her having uh, unresolved emotions and like her resolving things through emoting um, and me kind of trying to resolve things through not emoting. And so we would just have the two extremes with each other and it would only drive the other one to be more in that way. Like uh, she would have an emotional response to something that would upset her. I would immediately like get gun shy or like, not want to interact with it and then she that would make her more upset because i wasn't being as caring as i could have been and then that would make me more upset because then she's getting angry about something that doesn't involve me and it would just it would spiral like that um so that's a dynamic that we absolutely have addressed a lot of so she's putting out bigger and bigger signals which you are ignoring harder and harder right and yeah and that's 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 a classic yeah (laughs) yeah and so and and of course like i said that came from our parents that came from my dad being neglectful and her mom being very demonstrative and big and Mm -hmm. like her anger being uh, a thing that was just around and so um that for us that that was the dynamic and i think i i feel confident now that i am much more balanced in being able to feel things and like because i will say that the last like month or so the last few weeks of us being together when we were quarantined together and we couldn't do anything oh my god and that must have been rough yeah and i had i had already said it i'd said i wanted i want to divorce and and this is like so we're just at oh, the point I didn't where... didn't even realize quarantine <laughs> divorce. Oh, no. So... The QD. Yeah. We had just... It was just... We were stuck in a house together. And... Yeah. It, we had to. Like, I... She had to because a lot of... Didn't... Sorry. Didn't any part of you think when you realized, oh, I do want a divorce, maybe I'll wait till we get vaccinated, <laughs> then say I want a divorce? There was there was like that that was that there was there for a second and i was like okay i can't no i can't do that to either of us i can't pretend for i don't know how long i can't it's for logistical convenience (laughs) okay fair enough it was yeah because i mean a lot of the our process had involved her being more caring about how her reactions and her responses were affecting me and me being more 
like open and honest and like telling her these are the things that are hurting me or upsetting me and mm. the, that last couple of weeks like it forced both of us to like okay we have to coexist we have to like we can't like just kill each other <laughs> like we've got to right. we've got to do something so i had to i had to like dump out a lot of the just things that i was feeling and she had to like and she had to help me through it cuz we I will I will say this to to as a positive and as to why I do still want to have a friendship and a relationship with her. She worked her ass off to address the issues, the things that were hurting me that she was doing. And that is something that I deeply respect. And it is like I said, that's the reason I do want to still have a relationship with her. Like I can't I can't get to the point I'm scarred in some ways too badly to redevelop any kind of romantic feelings mm -hmm. but i do respect and love her in a like we're bonded like there's nothing there's nothing that either of us can do about it we were together for so long and we've been through so much together that it would have been we would have had to end on an extremely bad like an extremely yeah. negative point for us to both go no we're we're just done um so i don't know that's yeah that's kind of I guess that answers an earlier question too of just how that all worked out. Um, yeah. You also just made me realize something that I've never really thought about uh, in this exact context, which is just that obviously there's so many jokes about turning into your parents, resisting your parents. Like, and, and if you, if you've been to therapy, if you delved into the basics of therapy, you know, a lot of it is about your family of origin, right? And like yeah. these coping mechanisms that you develop and just the way that you normalize and how you view the universe is so established by the time you're, let's say, 18 years old, <laughs> yeah, 19 years old, starting, you know, making this, this major choice to get married. I got married at 23, so I also get it. Yeah. Oh, hey, side note, would you recommend people get married young? <laughs> Not, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think I think it's hardly ever a good decision. I don't think right. it was a good decision for me. So anyway, we'll throw that out as a recommendation. But uh, yeah, you just made me realize it's not really a beef I have with my parents as much as my entire ancestral genetic line. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like what we're really battling is the type of person you are. Yep, like that's what it. Growing up is almost figuring out who you are and then you can stop doing that shit because yep. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the stuff that you think is normal or there's no other way to navigate because it's just the way the world is mm, that's just the way your world is yep. and the way the world is through the lens of your family and your formative experiences but there's any number of ways to navigate yep. and uh yeah, that's just fascinating. Okay, so let's see. I want to take us off in a a bit of a new direction. Um, yeah. When do you think you will, or have you already gotten back out there? Like, how comfortable are you being single? Are you looking to recapture that? immediate like if you could flip a switch and get into another committed long-term relationship that was going to be dense and complicated and richly rewarding and and long or are you going to date around or are you not even thinking about that you know what i'm asking yeah um that's tough there's i will say there's i recognize the fact that there is a not insignificant part of me that wants 
someone to be here with me because there are just so many things that I like doing as a boyfriend or husband or whatever. Like I, I Mm. enjoy so much like cooking for someone or sitting down and talking about their day or like their favorite music and movies and stuff like that. I mean, like there's a reason why I've done podcasts with you guys so much. I literally, I legitimately enjoy just talking to people and having that human connection. And so I recognize that that is a thing that I want in my life and that I have felt very lacking in my life recently. So there's a little bit of hesitance for me to actually starting a new relationship. Like I've, I've gotten on dating apps and stuff like that and just kind of looked around, but there's, there's, there's nothing so far that has been like, yes, this is something I want a relationship right now. I want to, I want, cause <laughs> like I said, it's, it is, that is a part of my compartmentalized brain is the ability to recognize oh, my feelings are doing this and that could be dangerous for me right now. That could be something that is going to lead me. But but you're now, isn't there a, isn't there a way in which you feel like you've leveled up and you're playing new game plus because you now actually, there is such a thing as, the or, uh, therapy's like the gym and mm-hmm. if you've just put in a lot of work and you actually feel like you've made breakthroughs and you really are going to be able to not lay some of your formative baggage on the next person I think it's exciting to like test yourself or to want to there's an urge to want to find that person so you can not fuck it yeah, up I, <laughs> be like I look I'm gonna not fuck it up watch me god <laughs> <laughs> no I completely agree there is yeah because there's that that part of me too that's like I I'm ready yeah, now I've done it <laughs> I've gone through what like there's the thought in my head of what was the point of sacrificing that relationship and all of that stuff if not to have a completely new life if not to have something new and great come from mm-hmm. it um but yeah it's just i overthink things it's i i have a problem sitting here and going is this really something that i want or is it something that i just feel like is lacking in my life is there is there a difference between those two things is like and is there a difference <laughs> between being used to something and actually requiring something right exactly. you know you could you could just be a monk sitting on a straw mat in a mud <laughs> hut and you could be contented. What is anything? Now yeah. we're really getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, these are the, the that's the should kind of I, stuff. Should I do anything? Do I need to do anything? <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't I just go to therapy and pay my therapist? Mm-hmm. No. Like no, but that's uh, that's the kind yeah. of stuff that comes up when I'm processing this stuff. And yes, I do think eventually that I'll be able to get to the point where I want some, I, I really want a new relationship, I think, because the like I said, there are parts of me that really enjoy just the the caring and the giving aspects of it and the receiving ex- aspects of it. We all want to be loved. And I want well, to know about we all. But yeah, it's good. It feels good to be loved. And it's hard to sacrifice that. And it's 
Yeah. I wouldn't know, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but um, it's, I also, I also think it speaks to a misconception about divorce that I certainly had when I was younger, which is that, look, all marriages end yeah. until death do us part. You will die pretty soon. It's not even that long <laughs> life. So like, yeah. Um, I would argue that a relationship, I guess I'm asking you, like, do you still consider the relationship fruitful and are you glad you had it? You know what I mean? Yeah. They, like, I get so many people who are like, oh, you got divorced. Therefore, I bet you could, w you wish you could get that time back. And I'm like, no, the relationship was a success in that yeah. I learned about myself and I experienced love with this person in our own way for this amount of time. That's yeah. what it was. And now it's done. <laughs> you know, it's like a completed book or something. But how do you feel about all that? Yeah. Like, are you feeling like a failure <laughs> or are you like, no, that was a relationship that ran its course and it, it was what it was. Yeah. This is something that is definitely a cycle of things that when I was going through it and in that couple weeks in between, um, in between telling her and actually moving out, uh, I, I told her I this isn't what I wanted either like I never went into this relationship wanting this this is this to me this is a failure right now like I was not able to do something and have, and I have grown to recognize that that is just how I was feeling at the time like that's how I was conditioned to feel for most of my life that if we don't stay together forever and then we it's all a failure. are right yeah Exactly. Yeah. Everyone, there's so many people, especially in English speaking Western culture, staying in horrible relationships yep. because they think they're supposed to. And I just want, I hope some of them hear this because you don't, you don't yeah. have to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it, if it's not right. Yeah. It feels, it felt like a failure. And I, I cried about that. Like I've had deep emotional yeah sorrow about feeling like what what was i doing what was the point of all of this but i would not trade that relationship and that time for anything because i feel like i'm i am in a better place now i'm 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 not great yet like i'm not like it still makes me sad and it's still i'm i'm still dealing with like we got to do this paperwork and a judge has to sign this kind of stuff like I'm still dealing with that part of it. So mm -hmm. it is, it is still very fresh and like still opens up the wound a little bit whenever I have to do one of those, the actual legal processes, but it is. See, that's, yeah, I was just going to really say interesting cause, oh, go ahead. Yeah. The actual amount of growth and all the things that we did together are irreplaceable to me. Like I wouldn't be who I am without the good especially the good but the bad stuff from that relationship too and it's no i, w I wouldn't trade it for anything that's in it from my i re i'm in a very particular position yeah. but in my position i am almost envious of your ability to be in relate in that relationship with that by which i mean uh, that's so it also it gets better and it doesn't get better right. or there's something I definitely wanted to talk about this episode as the guy with a divorce in the rear view is yeah. more 
okay for example yeah so i guess i i my point is i'm still mixed up i still don't know if i'm doing it right or what i should think and feel but uh i wanted to talk about it and bring it into the light yeah we'll see if if yourself or the listeners have anything to say about it but basically the situation i find myself in is like dude when i submitted my divorce paperwork I submitted it like I went down to the courthouse with my new girlfriend. Yeah. Like she was already with me at that point and we went out on a date and celebrated. And if you follow me, it was more important to her than to me that that was the narrative. Sure. Like in the beginning of our, because there was, I think a, an aspect of, well, if we're going to be together, it's important to the shared narrative of this new relationship that that old person was evil and abusive and, and you hate them and you'll never talk to them again. And so like my new girlfriend who I'm still with, I mean, my girlfriend, you know, her. I'm just, people know her name even from listening to the network, but for some (laughs) reason I'm protecting her anonymity right now. Um, But we went through a period we now call the purge and she now recognizes that it was wrong. Like she doesn't feel good about it, but a period where she basically required me to delete all my love poetry, uh, you know, block my ex on all communication and like come to terms with, which was sometimes code for just admit and hold up the idea that she was abusive. It was bad. You're glad she's gone. You're never going to speak to her again. And it was like, a lot of it is rang true because our relationship was very dark, but now I also am in a new reality where I wonder to this day, if the narrative I believe in my head about my ex is more of a narrative that is there to suit the current relationship. Yeah. And it just, trips me up because it's like can you ever be in a relationship where you just are yourself and there's nothing attached to that baggage is the term it's a good term we've arrived at as a culture because that's what it feels like like stuff that's attached to you can you ever be like clean right (laughs) like pure this is how you get roped into Scientology by the way <laughs> like I want to be pure how can I be psychologically pure cleanse me um, please but, <laughs> but man yeah it's just so interesting to me that like that whole my whole past my whole marriage it also created the starting kernel DNA for like the current relationship yeah. even though my current girlfriend would not like it to be phrased that way it's like well it did though because our relationship in some ways has been a reaction to that and now we're at a place where thanks to challenges thanks to going to therapy to try to hold it together we start to learn about ourselves and now we know all this shit like she admits it or you know she's not into that she goes yeah it was not it was not fair of me to ask you to delete all that shit. I yeah. did it. That's why we call it the purge, right? She's like, it was bad. I did it because of my own fears and insecurities. I'm over it now. Can you forgive me? I say, yes, I forgive you. We kiss. The question is like, is that baggage really gone? Right. Like right now we're in the middle passage of our relationship where we're like, we want to get married and have kids. Are you ready to forget? about all the times about all of the times in the first three years where we were uh, less than charitable to each other 
you know, or manipulated each other for our own needs to get the other person to fulfill a need we had and like didn't care about, you know, bending them to our will. And we're like, we're not doing that anymore. But I remember when we were doing that stuff and, uh, and I don't know how it's going to land, man. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have to cling to the idea that every relationship within which you grow and learn has value because otherwise what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I hear you completely. And it's, we as people and like this rings especially true, I think to people like us that want to be storytellers, narrative is so important to us. Like, and that's feeling like there's a purpose and like, there's a reason why Mm -hmm. all this stuff is happening and needing and just like the way we're conditioned needing a villain needing a good guy needing all these things to fit into a clean or neat narrative and that's just like i mean you love vonnegut and like things like foma the things that we need to believe regardless as to whether or not we're Mm -hmm. true that's a very real thing to us and right and like a foma for my current relationship is that my marriage was a was an abusive nightmare that I narrowly escaped from. And I do believe that that is largely true, but I believe it's also been exaggerated for the sake of the narrative of the FOMA of our current relationship. And I don't know how much, and it haunts me. Yeah. (laughs) Like how much, because the interesting thing about that is I feel like the present moment is in some ways true, mm-hmm. right? Or like you perceive it. it at least yeah. you can build falsity. You can be in delusion. But the present moment presents you with truth constantly yes. or at least reality. The only way we can access the past or the future is narrative. You cannot yep. actually visit a memory. You can only tell yourself a little story in your head about what you're pretty sure happens that day. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and we all but know it might not be true. Yes. And we know through studies that it's usually fabricated to some degree. Yeah, we all have we the past has always seen through the lens of what we need it to be or what we want it to be. And that's something that is so hard to deal with when you're trying to figure out what is real right now. Like, what do I actually need? What are the things that I need to move forward? And it's like, keep in mind this, the thoughts your brain is feeding you right now are subject to the baggage of your brain wanting to navigate the universe the way it always has. Cause yes. it's lazy. So it's like, you can't even, you have to question your own, thoughts that percolate to the surface of your own brain you can't yeah. even trust <laughs> yeah and like that's why therapy i think is so valuable to anybody who is willing to do it or is able to do it is because you get an outside perspective to say well why do you think that and then you can delve into it deeper and like that's that was i think that's the thing that drew me to acting and performance is the just the question of okay why why is it that you feel that way? Why is it because it started off as why is it that the character mm-hmm. feels this way? And then it eventually graduates to why is it that I feel this way? What is, what are my concepts and perceptions about this thing that are coloring it? And what is it get down into the deepest part of me? Why do I think that that is the emotional response I'm having? And it's, it's impossible to divorce yourself from that, obviously, but it is very helpful to have other people there to bounce that off of and be like, Hey, 
well, I know you. This is, is it maybe this? Is this the reason why you're having that response? And yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's not always immediately concretely actionable, but sometimes it is. Like, I think a great example is you describing. I doubt that without therapy, you would have necessarily intuited all on your own. Oh, I I get shy and quiet and she gets emotionally more and more and these these yeah. impact each other in the following dynamic that makes them pushes them both to extremity. That's not necessarily something that's easy to just observe no. yourself yeah. when you're in it. <laughs> and information like that ultimately led you to the decision that you want to move on from the relationship. So like I think it's an interesting takeaway that therapy can seem very ephemeral, mm-hmm. but it actually is. I, I always come back to comparing it to going to the gym. It's really concrete. Yeah. Like you go to therapy, you do the work. If you do the work regularly, you will notice things that you d- wouldn't have noticed. Otherwise they will lead yeah. you to make decisions that are based on uh, truth. Mm-hmm. And then, but then I o- always question at the end of that chain, What's the point? But this is moving from divorce talk into philosophy talk. But I'm like, <laughs> is the, and is that good? Is that the goal of life yeah. to be in a to overcome all my everything that makes me unique and just be a blank slate who has no emotional baggage? Is that the goal? I don't know that it is. Yeah. Uh, Werner Herzog, I think, uh, always refreshes me because he has one of the more interesting. You so rarely hear a human being with this opinion, but Werner Herzog has a quote that's something like, I hate therapy because what's the point of being born into a big, creepy, dark house if you're going to turn floodlights on and look in every corner and clear all the cobwebs yeah. out? The point of being born into this an- this animal body of being a human is to not understand and to flail around in emotional <laughs> confusion and darkness. And I'm like... That's actually interesting. So few people view that as a positive that we're yeah. constantly beholden to our own imperfections. But Werner yeah. Herzog thinks that's cool. <laughs> thinks that's neat. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that, I can appreciate that appreciation. Well, and my only like, my only, I, not counter, but my only question to that would be like, don't you want to see the parts of the house that are strong or good or like that are worth, that are worth like expanding upon that are the that are the things that are worth keeping and cherishing and therapy also helps you do that it helps you realize hey these are my strengths these are the things that i want to improve in my life these are the things that i don't want to diminish i because i don't i don't think i agree in so much as i don't think anybody should be like a completely blank slate i know like if you're a buddhist or whatever maybe you want to disagree with that but I, I don't think everyone should always revert to perfect average moderation. Like, right. oh, I compartmentalize a bit. I need to strip that away so that I'm average. Yeah. Oh, I'm a little emotional. I need to average yeah. that out. I don't necessarily think that's the goal. Yeah. No, but and I, I, we're all part of different pieces of an organism. We all are good at certain things and bad at certain things. And I think yep. the the beauty of life is finding the parts that are complementary and kind of working with other people to make something beautiful out of that. Like, I guess that's the artist part of me that wants to believe that, but it's, yeah. Well, what if my strengths 
fit in a good complementary way with yours, then I want to make something even better together. Like that's, and I think that's good with relationships and too. And you can't know that without the blueprint to the house. Yeah. Yes. Or exactly. it's, it makes it more of a shot in the dark. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And if history is any indication, the other bitch is that like, hopefully, hopefully this is helping someone out there who's listening. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Uh, I went, th- other people, other wiser, older people told me what it would be like. And then I had, but I had to go through it myself to learn these things. Yep. Like I, w- I want to go to a, every eight year old and shake them by the shoulders and be like, <laughs> Pay attention to how you're <laughs> developing the way by which you navigate the universe and question it because it is not the only way by which to navigate. And then their parents are like, get this man the fuck away from my kid. But don't you wish you could advance or I don't know, shortcut all this shit. Uh, of I guess course. not though. What would life be no, if you didn't you- experience some experiences right but when you're in the middle of it you don't want that you just want relief you want things to get better when things are hard and it sucks that you have to go through all, right. all the terrible stuff like dude like my latest is because i uh, you know i have periods of extreme depression and yeah when i have periods of extreme depression my current partner questions whether she can handle it because it's really extreme yeah. i'm not gonna cut like I flip out. I don't, um, it's never directed at anyone but myself, but it's disturbing to witness or be around. Yeah. Um, so like I get, if anyone ever broke up with me, cause they're like, you're too, your depression is too scary to be around. I'm like, fair enough. That's a fair reason to break up with me. But yeah. the weird thing is when I'm doing really well and I lately, I have been when I feel like myself and I'm doing great, um, she reverts to talking about marriage and kids soon. And I'm like, but there's always going to come a day where I get depressed again. And I, I need to have confidence that you know that and accept that and can handle that. Yeah. And I question whether you can handle that because everything goes well when everything's going well. Yeah. If you follow me. Yes. <laughs> I completely follow you. Yeah. And yet at the same time, we could just continue waffling for the rest of our lives until it becomes biologically too late to have children. So it's like, what do you do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's very much, it's such an individual decision and choice that people have to make because things like kids are important to some people. And, and I think a lot of people, most people, kids are important. So, and it's just, that is something that we can't they're either important in one way or the other like you either definitely want them or definitely don't want them I don't know a lot of people who are like I have no opinion on kids in my life (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that would be interesting someone who's like eh if I get pregnant I get pregnant if I don't who cares I never think about it (laughs) yeah and I mean it's kind of that's kind of how I feel right now is that kids are not something I mean I guess it's just a lack of a priority to me at this point because coming off a divorce you're not thinking about kids come on right that's just not the time to be thinking about that (laughs) (laughs) that's true but I'm also like I'm gonna be 35 this year there's going to be and, and like there's gonna be a time when I like have to start thinking about that if it is something that I want but I guess it's not really either I think because I could adopt like that's I guess something that I don't want to I don't want to have it decided for me just because I waited so long. yes 
I don't yes. want to not have kids just because I didn't get to it. Yeah, you're that's taking away know. your agency. Hey, <laughs> yeah, listeners, write in. Should we have kids? <laughs> we'll do whatever the majority of people say. <laughs> yeah, put up a poll with um, when this comes out. <laughs> Should Michael and it's Christian just have interesting because. <laughs> I've always grown up thinking I wanted kids, definitely. As the future of the world has seemed bleaker and bleaker, it's made me question whether it's the right time to have kids. But also, unless you have the thing where you get your partner pregnant randomly, uh, which I haven't had happen yet, I'm more of in a situation of like, it's within my control to decide when and whether... What a crazy button to decide to press. When should I press it? Today? Tomorrow? What? Yeah. When? How do you know when? I want to ask Soren and like, yeah, I don't know. Soren doesn't because Soren's life is so different than mine that it's it's not. Yeah. It doesn't help to compare notes because it's like, well, he's like, well, <laughs> the Hallmark card that was sent with me as a child said. At this age, you will meet your true love. At this age, you will sire an heir. And everything's just going according to plan for that, dude. But uh, I don't know how normal people decide when it's time to have kids. Yeah. And then all my other friends who have kids, they're like, I didn't decide, buddy. She got pregnant. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, uh, I wonder who out there is calmly, collectively being like, now is the time for children. Yeah. They will be well supported and cared for. Because my... Because... Th- um, with my current partner, she's like, I don't know, makes me nervous to have kids when you have wild mood swings. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I'm probably always going to have wild mood swings. Yeah, and exactly. My my parents had wild mood swings. Spoiler alert. That's why I have mild, wild mood swings. <laughs> and uh, I'm still glad to be alive or like, and yeah. I love my parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like. I'm not, I'm like, uh, it's okay if I fuck them up a little bit. I don't yeah. want to be 50 and have kids. I'd rather have them now and fuck them up a little bit. They'll have their own fucked up lives and, you know, whatever. And But she's she's more of the attitude of like, no, 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 let's make sure everything's very perfect yeah. before we bring kids into this. And I'm like, I don't know when that will be, yeah. if ever. <laughs> no, and that's, I completely understand that because my, my parents got divorced and that has always colored my view of wanting to have kids because as I feel very much the same way as she does that it's just you know I want things to be perfect but I understand right exactly yeah but I understand your point of view and I think it's kind of realistic to go we're going to fuck them up we just need to try our best to make sure that they know that they're loved and that they can like blossom and become their own person even through them being fucked up like because no matter what something's going to happen I, nobody's life is like soren's we all have <laughs> we're all gonna have, go through something that hurts us or like that is going to be traumatic for us and there's there's resilience th- that we have to have and that was built into us that we can still have a really good life because like i've had so much i had a lot of trauma when i was a kid and it's but it's fine like I'm okay now. It it hurt my relationships when it did, but I am so happy that I am here. I would not have wanted my parents. I would not to not have. Yeah, them. I would not press a button that would have me unwritten <clears throat> from existence. Therefore, I'm allowed to fuck my kids up. They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they will. It's just it, that is the kind of thing that 
you just provide a loving and like a caring environment and they will be okay. You can, you can recover when you have like, mm-hmm. as people, we are so resilient. We are so able to recover from almost anything that as long as we have the support that we need, we're going to be okay. And I, I, I truly believe that. And as long as you are connected and in collaboration and sharing with people, yes. I think, because that's, I mean, that's a big point of this podcast is I hope hearing this provides a model for people who might not like, man, it's infinitely worse. If your depression, or let's say in my case, it was alcoholism, anything that's your thing. If you keep it secret inside yourself, it seems a thousand times bigger than yeah. it actually is. If you compare it with other people, you realize, oh, it is really fucked up and dark, but everyone's really fucked up and dark. It's <laughs> yeah. not even that big of a deal that your life is irrevocably shattered. It's not that yeah. everyone's life is like that. Um, and that sounds depressing, but I, it's not. It's it's like, it's not. Ah, you know, we're all fucked up. Let's get to the next day together. Uh, look at that tree. It's nice. Let's have fun <laughs> playing a video game or whatever. Um, it, this will make sense to you someday if it doesn't now, listener. But like... <laughs> um, the point no, the I thing agree. that I know the thing that I know I'm right about and I know Christian will back me up on is share 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 yes yes absolutely because I went through a period for most of the 2012 to 2000 I guess that was 19 that I didn't share that uh, that's what led me to depression. That's the thing that triggered it for me. And like the seed was always there because I had a neglectful parent when I was a when I was a kid. So the seed of depression was always there when I actually started like acutely feeling it and like really getting into a depressive spell was me holding on to that stuff and trying to keep up the image of having an ideal life, having this relationship that to the outside other people would see as being perfect and even keeping my that's what i tried to do in my first marriage in my marriage yeah that's so interesting that was uh, like both of us i don't mean to say when i say it was abusive like i mean a a two-way street like both of us were in a very dark place for the last like four years and kept it going both of us said to each other, you know, explicitly in therapy, like, yes, I only stayed with you like the last four years was out of keeping up appearances. What a waste of fucking time. Everyone's yeah. time. What a terrible thing to do. If you're listening to this and you're doing that, stop. Yeah. You don't don't stay in a horrible relationship just because you don't want to have failed at a relationship. That's so yeah. dumb. yeah no get like go get help go like go talk to somebody no matter who it is if it's if it's a therapist even better but if it's a trusted friend they can even help you like just getting it out absolutely getting it out is so helpful and like that's something that i i told you after i had already like filed and made the decision to get divorced Mm -hmm. i had been in like you guys haven't known me at a time where I wasn't like holding on to something big and dark. And I'm so excited to share with you and, and Abe and like everybody, Tom and Dave and all of us, the time in my life where I'm not holding on to that shit anymore. Like it's oh man, legitimately exciting to me because 
the friends that I've developed over the last <clears throat> like five years have never gotten to experience that with me yet. And that's just, we've missed you, man. Yeah. You've been absent the last year, I would say. Yeah. You, you have been sort of compartmentalized. <laughs> exactly. With your shit. And that's like, it's just so it's, that is something that is legitimately exciting to me. And it's like, Oh no, this, mm. this is worth it. This is definitely worth the work of actually talking to somebody and getting it out there and like dealing with it. Because now I get to have this new part of my life where that's not weighing me down constantly. And that's legitimately exciting to me. And I think it would be for lots of people. And it's like you're saying, you, uh, in this self-discovery process, you know, naturally, you don't just discover horrible shit about yourself. Although that is yep. a lot of it. Um, <laughs> you, uh, through doing that, discover, I'm, I'm, frankly, I'm doing great right now, which is, is a, I'm going to pause and be grateful for because yeah. it's not always the case. But like you get really in touch with what what feels like your true self yep which is your best self and if you need to hear that out there hear me now like your best self is your true self mm -hmm. and when you find the baggage you also find like oh that that baggage of shutting down like let's say in christian's case the reason you might shut down and compartmentalize beneath that why do you do that? Well, because you're a fountain of love for your fellow human beings and it yeah. hurts you to be in an engagement with them when they're, okay, so what did you really discover about yourself? That you're human, that you love yeah. other humans. Like, it's good. It's all good. Um, it just leads you to also realize the dumb ass shit that you do over and over <laughs> and over that sabotages your life. Yeah. <laughs> and that stuff is worth getting rid of. You just, it is, like you said, self-discovery is discovering all parts the good and the bad and then once you know that they're there you can make the decisions which ones you want to keep and which ones you want to let go of and it doesn't happen quickly yep. like just being aware like oh i manipulate people in the following way instinctively you will still have a period where you do it and catch yourself yep. doing it before you stop doing it so stick with it yeah <laughs> share be open if you can afford therapy, find a good therapist. <laughs> Don't settle for a bad therapist. Yes. And uh, we'll all just keep navigating this shit together. If you have any insights into divorce specifically, though, oh. especially if anyone knows how to not drag your baggage from the previous relationship into the next relationship, write yeah. in. Yes. <laughs> Give me that pill. <laughs> yeah, whatever that pill is. <laughs> Be excited to hear it. Yeah. But, uh, man, so happy to have you back on the network. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing. I bet, I bet it meant a lot to a lot of the listeners out there. It's really cool. I hope so. Uh, it's, yeah. I'm always happy to be talking to you off, on mic, off mic, however we can do it. So it's, it's been a joy to do this episode of tales. <laughs> Absolutely. It has for me. Yeah. Uh, it usually is, which is weird for considering the subject matter. Yeah. But when uh, when people when where is the word I'm thinking of? <laughs> where can people follow you? Because I have a feeling you'll probably be a bit more active in the coming year. Yeah, than in the past year. Um, right now the best place to follow me is on Twitter, and my handle's at fanboy Christian. That's Christian with no H. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the easiest way to see the stuff that I'm doing. But I am definitely 
planning on doing much more stuff with small beans in the near future. Small beans, baby. So, and that's where yeah. the bulk of my work at this point is. So, I also are you are you in super good shape now? Because <laughs> after my divorce looking ahead to the rest of my life it definitely encouraged me to be like single mike yeah <laughs> like in good shape mike yeah over the last like 2020 from beginning to end i lost 40 pounds so i knew it uh, <laughs> and i've just gotten back to like my pre-holiday weight so i'm still so 2021 still is gonna be uh the year of <laughs> Small beans featuring smoking hot single Christian. Uh, I could, I hope. Lap it up, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a small beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash small beans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash small beans, where you can browse all of our current and past content Content, see what we've got planned in the future and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you.